0: Yawning, just ignore it
1: no. and my
0: apologies in advance for my super quick um story that lasted 87 pages
1: <laughs> pages or lines pages. what oh oh, oh pages. dear okay then, then i might start yawning <laughs> no,
0: this is an exciting riveting topic now stop
1: Okay. All right. I, uh, I am mm-hmm. always excited and riveted by your topic, so I have no fear <laughs> this time. Well, okay. I have an exciting and riveting game that I want to play with you. Do you want to play with me? Maybe. <laughs> All right. Well, you have to, so <laughs> end of story. Okay. So we are going to play a little game called "Which is Worse. Are you ready? I'm ready. Are you, I think. Are you
0: l- f- just like an on-the-spot thing, and I'm not good at those things, but okay. I'll do it anyway.
1: Okay, good. That means I'll win. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> there's, there's no winning and losing. All right. Which is worse, a paper cut or a hangnail?
0: Oh, 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 oh. I know that one. It's Did definitely a paper cut.
1: Really? Because I would say hangnail. That's the no. beauty of I don't know. I haven't no. had a paper cut in a long time. Maybe that's why.
0: Well, I haven't either, but that's like instant pain. See, a hangnail. See, I pick up my fingers out of anxiety. Yep. And... So it's not pretty. So you get that hangnail, and for a little while it feels good. It's almost soothing. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> so don't get me wrong. Okay. If you if 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 it gets to the point where you kind of rip it off, it hurts like a you know what for like yes. twenty four hours. But then it heals, and then then that starts a whole new hangnail, which gives you that soothing <laughs> kind of rubbing thing. But that's my take on it.
1: Wow, you are really good at this game, actually. Well yeah, done.
0: Do nothing but pain. So,
1: <laughs> okay, are you ready for the next one? Yeah. Okay. Which is worse, burning your tongue or stubbing your toe? <laughs> uh,
0: right. Okay. Do you mean? I need you to expand on this. Do you mean like instantly, which is worse, or which is worse over the long run?
1: Instantly, but very, very good clarifying question. Yes, instantly.
0: Oh, stubbing my toe then. Especially
1: the baby toe. You? Okay. This is this is why. This is the beauty of our friendship. I would say burn, <laughs> burning my tongue. I hate no, that. You know. uh, yeah, and, but you'll still eat the pizza even though it's like on fire. Yeah, but will I enjoy it? I don't think so.
0: <laughs> no, but instantly. The problem is, is that you burn your tongue. You're going to know it for the next two days. You know, it takes I a while. For the, your taste buds go. But you stub your toe like instantly. That just makes you, you know, that... Makes you come up with every swear word under the sun, oh. and it's hell. No, I'm sorry. I cannot agree with
1: you. All right, I think I stubbed my toe when I was about 10, and I'm pretty sure it's still broken. Like, I can still feel it, like it's totally numb. Okay, are you ready for the next one? Uh-huh. All right, which is worse, sneezing just after you put your mascara on, or ruining your big toe after a pedicure? <sighs>
0: I know. Wow, that's a tough one. Well, okay. Now, wait a minute. (laughs) Did I ruin my toe in... Like, I went to the mall and I got the pedicure. Did I ruin it while I was still there so um, the poor girl has to redo it? Or did I do it as soon as I
1: walked out? Of course you did it as soon as you walked out. Of course there's no saving this. You have to to live with it. Oh. Sneezing with the mascara. Did I do
0: all my other makeup, too? Because... That's probably the makeup because I'm probably, you you might see with my time management, I'm running late. And (laughs) I'm not one who wears a lot of makeup. So it really, I worked up a lot to even put it on. Uh. And now this happened. No, I'd go with the mascara, it was just pure health.
1: Okay. Yeah. I, I am with you on this one. It's definitely mascara. Like why? We, I, I might not sneeze for like a month. And then I, the one time yeah. I put on mascara, I, I sneeze immediately after. It's, I, sometimes I just feel um, cursed.
0: <laughs> you don't even have to sneeze. You can just blink. It's over.
1: Right. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> All right. And, and the last one, yeah. which is worse, waking up on any Monday or waking up on a Friday hungover? Hmm. Mm. You see how the game is really. Okay. I am
0: going with Friday with a hangover. Yes.
1: Yes. For the okay. win, Alex. Yes, for, for the win. Ding, <laughs> ding, 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 ding. Yes, me too. I don't like waking up on any day with a hangover. I like all the drinking no. I do before I get the hangover, but then the hangover is like, why do I do that to myself?
0: I, I don't know. Even now, I'm just gotten to that point where I'm like, "What?" I'm as I'm drinking, I'm going, "What am I gonna feel like later?" Ugh. Oh, oh no, no, don't do it, because I really, it, it just like the smallest like a sip will give me a hangover now. So I ugh, know I'm definitely going with the uh, Friday.
1: All right, okay. So I think you know we were sort of we were into like what are they called? What's the opposite of converging? We, uh, anyway, no, we, we
0: we
1: were, we were we, not in sync. <laughs> We were not thank you. We were out of sync and then you see it all came together in the end. Isn't that beautiful? It did. It is all right. beautiful. <laughs> okay, I'm thinking we should dive into our podcast. What do you think?
0: Oh my god, we <laughs> will be here all day cuz it's my turn.
1: Oh, oh my god. Well, thank God I'm comfortable. So, <laughs> welcome to this episode the 11th episode of today we Mm -hmm. laugh and learn I know we're in the double digits and Chris you'll be happy to know that 11 is another very significant auspicious number would you like me to get into it right now
0: um you know
1: I have a lot of pages here okay (laughs) (laughs) maybe I'll save that for another episode anyway so (laughs) we want to thank you for tuning in. Um, You know that this is a podcast that we set up to just figure out a few more things about the world that we were always curious about. And the objective is always to just leave ourselves and you with a teeny bit more knowledge than you had, you know, an hour ago. So hopefully that's what we're doing. You've been tuning in. So hopefully, are you laughing at me?
0: No, I'm laughing about what you're going to be learning about today. <laughs>
1: oh, oh God! Is there is there an opposite of learning? Is there maybe like um, I got I got I got more stupid after that after that episode? Oh, no. no, 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 no. You will have right.
0: knowledge like you've never had knowledge before.
1: Oh dear, I think I'd rather stub my toe. But <laughs> oh no, no, no. Okay. All right. So, okay. Well, our listeners will just have to tell us if they learned or if they regretted listening. But I don't think so because we uh, super appreciate all the listens and uh, and we want to hear back from you. But we'll tell you sort of at the end of the episode how uh, how you can get in touch with us. So I think Chris, it's time for you to do the big reveal. What are we going to be talking about today? Well,
0: you just mentioned a minute ago about how everything comes full circle, and it just so happens that part of my topic kind of came full circle because of you, Deb.
1: Really? I was the cause of something like positive? Well, well, yes, always. But (laughs) my topic got longer because of you. How's that? (laughs) Actually, that that has a lot of sexual undertones that maybe we
0: should... (laughs) When there, I just read <laughs> you're going to be sitting for much longer than usual.
1: Oh, so, that kind of longer. <laughs> all right, then it's all good. <laughs> okay. Sorry, sorry, sorry. Oh dear. Hit it.
0: Okay. I Now, Deb, last week you were, you were kind of on the fence over your topic. You were not thrilled with your topic. You were afraid that um, you weren't sure how it would be received.
1: Mm -hmm. so
0: i listened to you and i felt your pain and i knew that you know it was a deep topic so we had to lighten it up a little
1: Uh yeah
0: um but so you know that i did actually kind of steal your topic Not exactly stole your talk because i'm quite sure you weren't going to use this uh it's and it wasn't what i was going to do but um it was my topic plus this and it went so beautifully with my topic i had to steal it from you
1: uh, uh, if stealing from me made you feel better, <laughs> then it's it's all fine by me. If, as long as it's you stealing from me and nobody else.
0: <laughs> yes. Well, you know, it all came from a message I received from you. You were totally oh. frustrated over your story. And you messaged me saying, that's it. Next time I'm doing something easier. Pancakes. I'm doing pancakes. Oh, Actually, God. You said, topic, you said topic done. Hallelujah. Next time I'm doing pancake recipes. And just, mine sounded more dramatic. So I liked my version. Anyway. You're not doing pancake recipes. I am.
1: Oh, for the love of God. But and you the have... recipe
0: part. I'm just doing pancakes.
1: Oh, I'm gonna be I'm already hungry. I don't think I can <laughs> wait another hour or so to eat. But oh wow, 87 pages of pancakes? Really? No.
0: No, because what started off as one topic is now turned into three mini topics and all rolled into one. <laughs> because the sta- they just kind of <laughs> come together.
1: Like oh my God. peanut butter and fluff. Oh, dear. Okay, this sounds like a Shogun, like the Shogun miniseries or something. Am I going to commit like Harikiri at the end of this? (laughs) No. So like
0: I said, listen up. Okay, listen. This this all goes together like peanut butter and fluff. And for those who are not from New England, you probably don't know what peanut butter and fluff is, but you really need to find out what peanut butter and fluff is. It is so yummy. Do you have peanut butter and fluff in Canada?
1: We have peanut butter, but we don't have fluff unless fluff is something that we call by a different name. Yeah, uh, some
0: people well, fluff is amazing. It's marshmallow cream. <gasps> Why don't
1: we have that?
0: I don't know, oh. it's amazing. And everybody eats it with peanut is you know it's a secret instead of peanut butter and jelly, it's peanut butter and fluff. Yes, it's amazing. So oh. off to New England, you go see, not only do we need to see the molasses flood plaque, now I gotta take it and have a peanut butter and fluff sandwich.
1: I don't know what's wrong with my country. Why wouldn't we have fluff? Oh my god. And, and they and they call Canada a developed country anyway. <laughs> Okay.
0: So, although I'm sure you've never in your life said, hey, what's up with pancakes? Where did they come from? Why are we so blessed they were created? And are Americans the only ones to bow down to this delicious breakfast delicacy?
1: Yeah, I say that all the time.
0: (laughs) Well, so, you know, a pancake, this is the definition of a pancake. Okay, it's usually defined as a thin flat cake that is prepared from a starch based batter. That usually includes eggs, milk, and/or butter, and it must be cooked in a flat pan or surface like a griddle or a rock, and cooked on both sides. Oh, you have to cook yes. them on
1: both sides. Oh yes. dear, dear, dear.
0: This otherwise <laughs> it's not a pancake. So <laughs> now, the origins of this breakfast staple seem to go uh, as far back as the Stone Age. Wow. It is the it is believed the chefs of the time. <laughs> <laughs> sorry yes <laughs> they were using some tools to crush cattails and ferns into a flour, and were most likely mixed with water and baked on a hot rock wow well oh. now, honestly I, I, I don't know why they came to that conclusion but I digress this most likely uh, resulted in something like a product closer to hardtack than an actual crepe or flapjack but the idea was the same okay. a flat cake made from batter and fried
1: you know what? I think that they say everything is like was created in the Stone Age because we can't verify it. It's just like you know, just accept it. So we yeah, we, we seriously.
0: Be- well, they crushed <laughs> this, so obviously they mixed it with water and threw it on a rock to cook.
1: Uh-huh. Obviously, and like stuck a <laughs> spout in a tree and got maple syrup.
0: <laughs> and of course, if I were really really want to dig into this, I could have looked to see when fire was created. And yada, yada. but,
1: <laughs> but okay, I
0: didn't. So then some. 5,300 years ago, a young man we named Itzi, the Iceman, he had, quiet, he had evidently gone hiking and died. Now, good news. Oh, my God. Yes. In 1991, his body was found in the Italian Alps. Upon an autopsy, it is discovered that he had quite a yummy last meal. He had some red deer, some ibex, and some ground icorn wheat with some bits of charcoal. So they've decided the charcoal suggests that the wheat was probably in a pancake form and cooked. Hence the findings. Again, don't know how they decided that, it happened, but,
1: but I'll we, go can't, with it. we can't question it. So yeah, I'm totally accepting that information. Oh <laughs> so dear.
0: We, we're going to get closer to modern times. The pancake begins to form closer to how we know it today. Right. In ancient Greece and Rome, they ate it with honey. They were, also, they were so good that in 600 BC, a poet actually describes warm pancakes in his writings. I know. The Elizabethans liked them with spices, rose water, sherry, and apples.
1: Oh, for the love of God.
0: Okay, now this is a good one. In, in 1445,
1: mm-hmm.
0: in Ol, Olney, Buckinghamshire, United Kingdom, mm-hmm. the famous, question mark, pancake mm-hmm. race began. And what would the prize of this race be? Why a kiss from the church bell ringer? But I couldn't <gasps> leave it. Out. I had to find out what this pancake race was. So, yeah. Uh,
1: sorry, so, I, thought we'll, it, I thought I thought it'd be like a kiss from like the prince or the duke or something. No, but it but was from let the. Me, okay, okay,
0: yeah. So, sh- bell, let me describe why he was probably a hot bell ringer. Okay,
1: seriously. So anyway,
0: Google didn't let me down. According to the HistoricUK.com, it says, In 1445, women were preparing pancakes while waiting to hear a loud bell. And once the bell is heard, they must run to the church with their fry pan and pancake. Side note, the contestant must wear must be a local housewife and must wear either an apron. No, she has to wear an apron and either a hat or a scarf. Anyway, each contestant must have their hot pancake and race around a course. During which time they must toss the pancake three times while racing. And the first one to the finish line serves her pancake to the bell ringer and she receives a kiss from him. Okay. Now, evidently, I could have made this entire episode on pancakes as I discovered there were so many more pancake traditions in England, <laughs> such as the pancake grease at the Westminster School of London. <laughs> but this was supposed to be just a quick little thing.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Oh, uh huh. Wow. So, so anyway. But wait, like this race where they have to throw the pancake up three times, is is it like it reminds me of like throwing salt over my shoulder, like
0: (laughs) you're racing to the hot bell ringer at the end? No.
1: Right. You know, I might Okay. I might throw a pancake three times in the air if the bell ringer was hot. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, sorry, sorry, go.
0: So, back to pancakes. Pancakes were eaten by the truckload on Shrove Tuesday, otherwise known as Pancake Day. Why? Mm-hmm. Because it's a good way to use up foods that would soon be forbidden due to Lent, such as eggs, milk, and butter, because
1: they Ooh. will go bad if
0: they don't use them up.
1: Very interesting. I think I knew that, but I, yeah, that's a good one.
0: I think it's interesting that Shrove Tuesday is also known as Pancake Day.
1: <laughs> yeah, but you knew that, right? We, we always had Shrove Tuesday at home growing up. Did you? Um... Okay,
0: Uh, carrying on. (laughs) Well, let's not forget the American colonies. They had hoe cakes, Johnny cakes, and flapjacks. And if you don't believe me, (laughs) check your copy of The American Cookery by Amelia Simmons. It was the first all-American cookbook published in 1796, which I'm sure everybody has. And you can find recipes for pancakes, hoe cakes, and Indian flapjacks. In fact, Thomas Jefferson uh loved pancakes so much that he sent a special recipe from the White House to his hometown.
1: Wow. What are whole cakes? I'm sorry. I really don't know. Very similar to – I don't have my cookbook in front of me. Otherwise, I check it. Okay.
0: Um, But to be honest, in looking for the thing, I ended up having to download the damn cookbook onto my computer. (laughs) (laughs) so i now own a copy of american cookery
1: oh yeah you (laughs) (laughs) all right so thomas jefferson loved them okay amazing (laughs) what else
0: i know you want to know more about pancakes well i'm here to tell you did you know in 1700s chefs did not have baking soda yet so that they used fresh snow Evidently, yeah, evidently has ammonia in it and makes them light and fluffy. Now, of course, when I think ammonia in snow, I think like
1: yellow snow. (laughs) Exactly. I was saying because the dogs were peeing in it, like, yum. (laughs) We
0: know that's what it means. I, I, again, could have looked further, but this was supposed to be a quick thing.
1: No, no, I'm proud of you for avoiding all those rabbit holes.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Evidently, fun fact, brandy or wine was used in pancakes until the 1800s when they replaced it with milk. No wonder they like pancakes
1: so much. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I think I might learn to love them even more if I made them that way. I know. <laughs> so quick question.
0: What do you think became the number one condiment for the pancake in the 1800s? In 1880s, I should say.
1: Was it maple syrup? Why, of course. Yay. I know. Yay. Then in
0: 1931, Bisquick came out. Of course, a lot of people replaced Their pancake recipes with Bisquick recipes. Yeah. In in 1966, a New York times food editor discovered a pancake in Hawaii that was baked in an oven while he was on vacation, which to me is not really a pancake because the definition is fried in a pan or on a rock. So Mm. not feeling it. No. Now this was interesting, mostly because I thought it would go onto a wild tangent with this. In 1985, Bisquick became the official sponsor of the pancake week all things pancakes, all week. I
1: didn't know well, there was a pancake week.
0: Well, my tangent came to an abrupt end when I discovered Bisquick and General Mills created this holiday. <laughs> <laughs> For themselves in 1985.
1: So uh, Everything boils down to a conspiracy theory. Jesus. Oh, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, yeah.
0: So 10 years later. Mm-hmm. um the world's largest pancake was flipped weighing in at three tons and it was 16.4 yards across not sure what they used to flip it with but again my topic reaches beyond pan- this uh beyond pancakes so i didn't go further oh my god <laughs> then in 2009 aldo <laughs> Zelli flipped a pancake 117 times in 60 seconds in 2012 Eight hundred ninety people set the record for the most people tossing a pancake at one time, and nine hundred thirty people tried, but forty failed.
1: That's that's some pretty serious flipping. That's not to be, that's not to be laughed at.
0: I know. I mean, eight hundred ninety people all at once tossing a pancake. Can you be imagine being one of the forty that failed that?
1: <laughs> Seriously, um, I wonder. Yeah, they were probably ridiculed and. Banished from the pancake community.
0: Okay, so anyway, I, because of all these Guinness Book of World Record things, I tried to see how many Guinness Book of World Records included pancakes, but I couldn't really find the answer. And to be honest, I didn't look too hard. <laughs> so, on a side note, there is actually a pancake week not hosted by General Mills, and it has been around forever. Hmm. Uh, it's, all of, it's kind of all over the world, but it is in Russia and Ukraine, and they celebrate Masalen- Maslencia. Huh. It's also known as Butter Week or Pancake Week. Huh. Uh, it is how they come to welcome spring with festivals and lots of Bellini pancakes. Oh. It does have pagan roots, but in the 17th century, the Orthodox Church added it to the last week of gluttony before Lent. <laughs> Listen.
1: Sounds like something they would do.
0: <laughs> <laughs> it is said that pancakes represent the sun, so they will eat a lot of them to consume the sun's warmth and energy.
1: Oh, I love that. <laughs> well, okay. so each day of
0: Maslenica, mm-hmm. uh, it's a celebration marked with food, sleigh rides, singing, dancing, among many more activities. And on the seventh day, Sunday, the day of forgiving, they which they burn <laughs> the Maslenitsa doll, which was right. made during the week. She's uh-huh. made out of straw. She's dressed in a female costume with a pancake in her hand, <gasps> and is set on fire. <laughs> But the week sounds, I will say, the week of celebration sounds great. Like every day has a set theme.
1: Yes. You know, like
0: one. So it really sounds like a lot of fun.
1: It really does. And burning, you know, it always, people think of it as having a bad connotation. But normally it's like a symbol of, you know, moving on, you know, just sort of. Probably in this case, it's a the you know winter coming to an end and sort of burning anything that goes along with that, and then opening you know making the way for spring and stuff like that, or burning away gluttony and getting ready for the yeah. you know the cleansing that comes with Lent. Anyway, whatever, amazing.
0: <laughs> all right, well, let's all keep in mind that not all pancakes are what Americans consider pancakes. Asians oh. have savory ones with kimchi or the like the scallion pancakes. Mm-hmm. Lebanon has smaller ones that they eat during Ramadan. The French uh-huh. have crepes. Indonesia has sarabi, which is made with rice flour and coconut milk, and Morocco has msemen. I don't know how to say it. Sorry, m s e m e n, and that's served with meat. So really, no matter how you serve it, they have to have the same basic ingredients and cooked in the same manner. Wow, I thought in the UK, I thought it was kind of worth noting that they seem to serve their pancakes with lemon and sugar. You know, like lemony
1: sugar. Yeah. <laughs> I would still I eat it for sure. But yeah, I can think of sweeter delights. Fluff.
0: I'm not sure how I feel about it. Although kind I'm warming up to it. It just, I don't know. Maybe I'll try it one of these days.
1: Maybe we're just getting hungry.
0: <laughs> that could be. And finally, <laughs> the term flat as a pancake has been in the English Oxford Dictionary since 1611. Hmm. Now, that's the end of my first section. Oh my God, seriously, who knew the topic of pancakes could go on for so long and not really full blown because that's not everything I read.
1: Yeah, but I love to think. I mean, I know that it's funny, but I really do learn things. (laughs) Even if it's just about pancakes, it's like, I did not know a lot of this 20 minutes ago. So thank you. I'm curious to see what the next section is.
0: I know. I'm just so glad you didn't say to me, oh my God, that was what I've been researching. (laughs)
1: Um, no, yeah no. Because I, you know, I was worried about my topic last week. I thought you were gonna hit me over the head with a frying pan and then later make pancakes <laughs> in it, and you didn't, so there you go. There you go. <laughs> there you go. All right. Okay.
0: Sit back. Now my second section relates to our favorite topping since the eighteen eighties, maple syrup. Oh. Now, <laughs> this is where I was originally going to begin my topic because this directly relates to my third section oh boy i blame you deb so anyway maple syrup (laughs) we need to go to canada for the introduction of maple syrup and we must thank the indigenous people who very generously taught the art of maple syrup production to the french settlers
1: amazing we must
0: also thank them for the skill of maple curing meat as without them we may not have maple cured bacon
1: Ooh! oh no i definitely didn't know that amazing i
0: know thank you canada
1: You're welcome, on behalf of Canada. (laughs) Now,
0: Deb, you're from Canada. Have you ever been to a sugar (laughs) shack?
1: Sorry. I have, actually. I feel like, I don't really remember it, but I feel like it was like a school excursion. Uh,
0: Exactly. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. Okay, right. As if I would have gone on my own. So, yeah, definitely a school excursion.
0: (laughs) Well, now, next time you go back to Ottawa, you know what you're doing.
1: Uh Uh-huh.
0: Anyway. Now, if you've been to Canada or Vermont in the spring, you may have toured a sugar shack. If you didn't know, maple syrup does not come straight from the tree. Uh, You need to process it into syrup. Basically, Mm. it's just boiling the sap, evaporating it, and filtering it. But did you know it takes 40 gallons of sap to make one gallon of syrup? Wow. I know. More specifically... (laughs) More specifically, you must use the rule of 86 when you're producing this uh, syrup, okay? Wait a second,
1: 8 plus 6, 14. Okay, I thought it might be an auspicious number, but we're good. We're not
0: there yet. It may wind up being there, but there's some (laughs) math that needs to be done first. So you need to know the percent of natural sugar inside your sap water first. But you take 86 gallons and divide it by their sugar percentage. So if you have sap that is 2% sugar, then you need to evaporate 43 gallons of sap to make one gallon of syrup. I don't know why I felt you needed to know that, but you did.
1: But it is interesting. I know. it's. uh, Sorry, do trees like willingly give their sap? Like we're not, you know what I mean? Like are we we, like doing harm to the tree by taking the sap or is it just something that they produce? My point is that are we taking way too much sap just to get like a gallon of syrup out of it? These are existential questions that I need answers to. (laughs) (laughs)
0: give me a moment and we'll get to that all right all right now keep in mind the average maple tree makes about five to 15 gallons of sap so realistically if you want to make one gallon of syrup for yourself you will need at least two and a half trees tapped for the season which Mm. the season runs from february to april usually give or take kind of puts into perspective why real maple syrup is so dang expensive
1: seriously god
0: uh you also have to know what you're doing When a tree is tapped, it leaves a scar. Now, normally, if you tap the tree correctly, the tree will heal itself. Otherwise, Mm -hmm. the tree can be exposed to microorganisms that can kill it.
1: So, That's sort of what I was talking about. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I don't think it really – I think – because if you notice, trees, actually, they release their sap anyway. So I think uh, Mm -hmm. uh, if you tap it correctly, it heals, and you'll get more next year. Right. Okay. Good to know. Okay. So, uh, and your syrup flavor and color is dependent on the time it was tapped. So if your syrup is light in both color and flavor, then it was produced early in the season, hmm. darker later.
1: Hmm. Now for
0: all you chefs out there, if you uh, want or need to substitute maple syrup uh, for honey, molasses, or corn syrup, the ratio is one to one. So if your recipe calls for honey, oh. you don't have any, you can use maple syrup. I thought you needed to know that, Deb, being the, um, the culinary expert kitchen that I am?
1: Yeah, the kitchen wizard that you are. Oh, boy. I bet you Ruth knew that.
0: Well, no, because that had to do with the kitchen. <laughs> I'll bet Marty knew that. Right. <laughs> For sure. Also, now you've bought your maple syrup, store it at room temperature until you open it, then put it in the fridge. It'll last a really long time. And if it crystallizes, it's fine. It's a natural process. You can still use it. Yeah. Hmm. Uh, it's also good to note that maple syrup is a beautiful choice health-wise. It contains 54 antioxidant compounds to protect your body from free radicals. And it also contains vital minerals such as zinc, magnesium, calcium, and potassium. Fun Canadian fact, because we love a good Canadian fact, we during World be. War One, Now, I wrote the governor of Canada. That sounds like a lot. <laughs> 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 I feel like there was probably somebody higher up. <laughs>
1: Yeah, that's like yeah, like the like the, the, the night manager. The, the-,
0: <laughs> the mayor of Canada. <laughs> oh my god, uh,
1: the supervisor.
0: Exactly. Well the janitor asked the rural towns to donate maple syrup to all the soldiers. Uh, Alright. Okay, and now in World War Two II- rationing was huge but maple syrup was not on the rationing list so canada asked the people to sweeten their food with maple syrup instead of sugar in fact the hmm. agricultural department put out what i assume was a pamphlet of wartime recipes involving maple syrup now wow. let me tell you wait a minute this threw me down a huge rabbit hole <laughs> searching for these <laughs> dang recipes <laughs> i mean i literally spent way too much time i thought i found it all. I don't know what CanadaLC.ca or wartimeCanada.ca, but and I found, uh, but instead now I have a ridiculous amount of Canadian wartime cookbooks and manuals downloaded to my computer for future reference. Oh, <laughs> uh, so if there's anyone out there looking for a World War two version of fish balls, drop me a DM.
1: <laughs> Who isn't looking for a World War two version of fish balls? <laughs> <laughs> oh my god I'm sorry. Please don't say the word balls. I just <laughs> God I'm immature. Okay, sorry. <laughs> so, it reminded me of call king in our first episode. Fish balls. Anyway, fish balls. Drop me a DM. <laughs> oh.
0: Deb? Okay,
1: okay. I'm relax.
0: I am now. The proud owner of an invaluable reference guide called the North American Maple Syrup Producers Guide in full PDF form. See, I'm a believer that everything happens for a reason, so I can assume at some point I should be tapping trees somewhere in the woods of Vermont. <laughs> By the way, I never did find that damn pamphlet on the World War II Department of <laughs> Agriculture recipes
1: oh i think by the end of this you're going to get a like an honorary canadian passport
0: i know (laughs) i'm in love with canada lately you're welcome (laughs) canada says thank you (laughs) (laughs) i want it also to be known that that in canada and the u.s maple syrup is not taken lightly in Hmm. fact new york senators Kristen. uh Gillibrand and Charles Schumer sponsored a bill that called for labeling limitations. You can only label real maple syrup as maple syrup. Imitation must be labeled imitation.
1: Oh, that's some, that's some legislature that really needed to be passed.
0: I know. Rocks the world. So finally, mark your calendars. December 17th is officially maple syrup day.
1: Maple syrup fish balls? <laughs> you
0: could put maple syrup on your fish balls if you wish. That's <laughs> fine
1: oh my god i can't deal okay (laughs) december 17th okay that's close to my birthday so it's going to be a very very exciting time of year for me
0: (laughs) (laughs) screw christmas here we go
1: (laughs) (laughs) oh screw my birthday just give me those maple covered fish (laughs) (laughs) you now know the title
0: of our this episode yes
1: (laughs) I'm sorry and, and through this whole conversation all I keep envisioning are like frozen peas what is wrong with my brain oh we lord have mercy
0: in our own special way
1: <laughs> oh my god come okay come.
0: now damn, we now have knowledge of pancakes and it's luscious topic, but I'm here for a different reason my original reason oh, see god. I stumbled across this topic researching about the molasses flood Mm-hmm. And this topic I had never heard of. So I jotted it down for future time and I figured, oh, last week was a heavy topic. Let me just light it up. And of course, I'm not any lighter. But <laughs> 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 now, the times evidently now, thanks to Deb's inspiration, as many of you know it, if you watch Dirty Money on Netflix, I did try to watch this, but most of it was in French. Oh. Um, and I'm not big in subtitles. Anyway, this is one of the biggest heists known. Um, in Canadian history, wow! If you ha- if you haven't heard of it, you're probably thinking money or gold, right? Yeah, kinda. It's guess- the liquid gold of Canada. What maple syrup? Yes, this is the story of the Great Canadian Maple Syrup Heist.
1: You're joking me! I feel so ashamed to call myself Canadian, never having heard of this.
0: You should. It happened in 2011. Moving oh. on. <laughs>
1: Oh my god. Uh, okay, yes. Carry on. I'm all ears.
0: Yeah, you better be. All this heist involved this, <laughs> heist involved this heist involved 3,000 tons or 6 million million, I said, gallons of maple syrup for the Federation of Quebec Maple Syrup Producers facility worth at the time 18.7 million Canadian dollars
1: for the love of God.
0: Eighteen point seven million Canadian dollars worth of maple syrup. Oh my! What happened? Just for future reference, those in the U.S. it's like fourteen point five million. Anyway, (laughs) (laughs) I I have to ask you a Canadian question, Deb.
1: Oh God! I hope I know the answer. Oh,
0: probably because you make fun of my pronunciations anyway. Is it Quebec or Quebec?
1: It's Quebec it's not Quebec so it's or Quebec.
0: It's none of the above.
1: <laughs> it's none of the above. Yeah, it's not. No, there's no, it's not Quebec or Quebec. It's Quebec.
0: Well, Quebec. today it will probably be Quebec because I will probably not say it the correct way.
1: <laughs> it's all right. We forgive you because you are enlightening us, or me anyway, about our, our history. So pronounce it how you will.
0: All right. Well, let's back it up, chickies. You know, <clears throat> you need to know who the Federation of Quebec Maple Syrup Producers are.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Because it's a mouthful, let's call the FQ. Let's call it the FQMP or the Federation, or as I like to call it, the Maple Mafia. <laughs> I was going
1: to say. Okay. <laughs> That's the only one I will remember from those three. All right. They
0: also, re- they also refer to it as a cartel, which I'll explain later. Jesus. So either the cocktail tells me mafia. So I like it. Maple mafia. I just think it's fun. They probably yeah. don't. But anyway, go on. Yeah. They're not going <laughs> to listen. So <laughs> who mafia. is this so-called mafia and why are they in Quebec? Well, this mafia dates back to 1966 because the province of Quebec produces 77% of the world's maple syrup. <laughs> yes. Mm. They had the idea to control all the maple syrup production in Quebec. Keep in mind, not all of Canada, just the province of Quebec, okay? Got it, yeah. Uh, see, see, maple syrup is very weather dependent. Maple trees need extremely cold temperatures at night and temperate days uh, for the best syrup. Mm. So the year-to-year supply would vary greatly and prices would be all over the place. Plus, the bad years would put um, a lot of producers out of business. Mm. So the idea was everyone of the 13,000 producers in the province of Quebec had to answer to this uh, organization. Mm -hmm. The idea is they would hand over their harvest and the mafia would grade it, sell it, and store it. And since 1989, the mafia had a modulated supply. They put aside uh, some of the syrup in the good years and to save it, to release it during the bad years. Mm-hmm. This was called the Global Strategic Maple Reserve.
1: <laughs> Fun, huh? Yeah. I feel like there might be a dirtier name for that. Like, <laughs> but anyway, okay, sounds good.
0: Well, a good example of this, so you understand, is between 2005 and 2008, very little product was produced. So they released released some to the, from their supply. Mm-hmm. And then from 2009, 2012, they were very, very good years. So they restocked all the reserves. And because of this, all the prices kind of kept steady. Okay. Okay. Mm -hmm. Now this sounds all well and good. However, many producers did not like this cartel. First off, they plain old didn't want to be told what to do with their own product. Mm -hmm. Uh, So that is, uh, I lost track of my notes. So that is why there is actually a maple syrup black market in Quebec. That's right. You can the black market maple syrup in Quebec, but you better do it under the darkness of night. Oh secondly, <laughs> secondly, to produce in Quebec, it's not a choice to join this organization. Organization, you have to be in it, mm. so you don't have a choice. You're in Quebec. You're in the organization, and by mm. law, you cannot sell your maple syrup uh, in Quebec. You cannot sell your maple syrup outside without mm. the cartel. <laughs> yeah, you Hard must job. give it to the cartel. Uh, they evidently have strict quotas to fill and anything that you make past that quota is stored and you'll be paid for it after it's put into production. So you might have a great year and have all these extra barrels of maple syrup, but you're not going to get paid until maybe, you know, twenty thirty three, because that's when they're going to sell it. That is
1: tragic.
0: Yeah. Uh, so for every barrel given to the cartel, uh, they pay you for it and they keep $54 out of it, evidently wow that's a huge chunk uh yeah so here you go here you can buy this and they'll give you say that you know it's worth whatever it is and they're going to keep 54 dollars out of it and they have also been known to use pretty harsh tactics to enforce these rules such (gasps) as if you are suspected of selling syrup on the black market a bodyguard is assigned to you uh to watch you 24 7 and you have to pay for this bodyguard
1: please tell me you're joking this is unbelievable
0: so basically, you're guilty before proven innocent. Also, as part of this organization, you must be ready to turn over any paperwork they request at a moment's notice. They'll just show up, and you got to give it to them.
1: Okay, that's, that sounds like an audit. That's sort of fair enough. But the other stuff sounded like I'm going to break your kneecaps.
0: <laughs> yeah, there was some down and dirty things going on. So whatever they want, also, uh, you're subject to a surprise inspection at point too. So at one point, a large group of producers got tired of this cartel mafia crap, and they staged a revolution by cutting down trees, filing lawsuits, and even arson by setting fire to the sugar shacks owned by the Federation. I mean, this is getting ugly.
1: Well, yeah, and it's like, why do the trees have to pay for that? You know, you got an issue with people? burn them down. Don't burn down the trees and the sugar shacks. Oh, you but, see, it's always the innocent, Chris.
0: I know, but what I'm assuming is that the trees might be on the Federation, like if they're on the board of the Federation. Uh, it might be their trees, you know, not their own trees.
1: I know. But I feel like there's going to be like a severed ear in a box. <laughs> there <be>, probably was. <laughs> <pretty soon. laughs> okay.
0: So because of this cartel, by 2011, there was a thriving maple syrup black market. The producers Ooh. would either find a way to sell straight to the retailers or put the syrup in unmarked trucks to be moved out of the province and into, I think it was New Brunswick.
1: I can't believe this. <laughs> oh my God. I, I'm just like, I've got Canada's like in a whole new light. Firstly, we don't have fluff, whatever that was. <laughs> and now it's we have amazing. a black market. Pardon? <laughs> which is amazing. Anything to do with marshmallows is amazing. And next you'll tell me there was like a black market for fluff that, and that's why us normal folks didn't know about it.
0: There's no need for a black market of fluff. It's, it's for everyone. Anyway, the biggest rebellion against the cartel was the Great Canadian Maple Heist, which took place between 2011 and 2012.
1: Oh my God! I have to ask my parents about this. Okay, <laughs> they're gonna be like, "Yeah, <laughs> yeah." Where have you so anyway, that's a whole other story. Really, yeah,
0: <laughs> the Maple Mafia had a couple of warehouses to store maple syrup in. One of them was in Saint Louis de Blancheford. Okay. I, I, yeah. In Quebec,
1: somewhere. It. Okay. It's
0: in Quebec, you know. <laughs> Actually, Wait, I, Quebec, no, or <laughs> Quebec, or whatever. <laughs> Quebec. Listen, okay. today it's Quebec, and get over it. So these, so this was a newly rented space, uh, and it housed about sixteen thousand barrels of maple syrup. Now, to put this into perspective for you, these barrels were white metal barrels with distinct federation labels on them. Like they were in special barrels in each barrel held 54 gallons of maple syrup, or I should say sap water because, uh, mm. it, no, I'm what sorry. The- no. Yeah. It's sap water because it okay. isn't
1: producing. Uh, it's not processed yet into syrup. Okay. Right. Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, and they weighed about 600 pounds each and valued ready for this one mm. between anywhere between 1300 and $2,000 each, depending on the year. Each barrel. That's more than a barrel of crude oil, you know.
1: I am blown away. Like, I just cannot believe all this. Uh, (laughs) I picked the wrong business to get into.
0: (laughs) Now you know why the Canadian flag has a maple leaf on it. Yes. (laughs) Oh, my God. Oh, okay. So, now you would think, when you're housing this much valuable product, you'd have strict security, right? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, well, first, here's how it goes. They rented this warehouse from a gentleman named Avec with who was known to have Italian mafia connection, and who at the time was being investigated for running a scheme as an insurance agent, and also had a previous record of fraud. Uh, He was found guilty with no jail time, so he was just out to do what he wanted. Of course. Uh, So you're like, all right, well, that's okay. Just change the locks and put in cameras, right? Well, yeah, no. So no cameras or alarms anywhere on the property.
1: And We're very, very minimal testing. security. You know that Canadians still don't lock their front doors, right? <laughs> I'm kidding.
0: Well, if you've got maple syrup in the cabinet, you might want to start. Seriously. Uh, so why didn't they have any alarms or anything like that? They said later they couldn't imagine anyone would want to steal maple syrup.
1: That's why there was an entire black market for it, but okay.
0: <laughs> so three months after the Federation rented the space, The heist began. Vic was introduced to a gentleman named Richard Valieras, who was known to be a barrel roller. This
1: is. (laughs) You're not not focusing. I I promise that I am focusing and I can't believe what I'm hearing. He was a barrel roller. Okay. Uh huh. Sorry. Do you want to know what a barrel roller is? Well, it's funny already in my mind, but yes, please. (laughs) Well he is
0: maple syrup's version of a rum runner. Like they had during Prohibition.
1: Right. Okay. (laughs) I envisioned like you know those log rollers who (laughs) that's what you were picturing. (laughs) (laughs) Though I'm sure they needed one of those too. Oh dear. Okay. (laughs)
0: <laughs> Except this is, like, in the 2000s, so it's not <laughs> pancake day in 1449. Oh, my God.
1: <laughs>
0: Barrel roller. Okay. Carry well, on. <laughs> this gentleman, Richard, did not like the Federation, and so he got together with Avic and they came up with a plan. In a nutshell, first, Avic rented the space next door uh, to the warehouse uh, to Richard and therefore mm-hmm. Richard would have a key card to get in and out and not look suspicious
1: mm-hmm.
0: so they started small they went to the warehouse at night they would take a couple of barrels load them onto a truck they would then take empty barrels and put them back in place of the full barrels
1: mm-hmm. they would then drive mm-hmm.
0: they would then drive said maple syrup to a small sugar, sh- sugar shack siphon the sap water out of the barrel and refill it with the pond water from out back oh <laughs> The pond water. Yeah, I know. Oh, huh?
1: God. Now, oh. Then
0: they would drive back to the facility, trade the barrels out again, and no one was a, of the wiser, right?
1: I'm flipping out, but yes. Oh, my God. Fascinating. Yes. Pond water. I thought my maple syrup was tasting a bit off recently. a little weak, huh? Pardon? So
0: it, it was a little weak, huh? Yeah. <laughs>
1: yeah. A <laughs> little fishy, a little toady. Yeah. <laughs> the-
0: having like all the vitamins and minerals you need maybe that's where the vitamins and minerals come from there
1: you (laughs) go it's seaweed and (laughs) and muck
0: (laughs) all right they would then process the syrup in their little sugar shack and give it to their truck driver sebastian jutras and he would drive it out of quebec province and give it to etienne st pierre who would then sell it out of new brunswick Mm -hmm. to the u.s japan and germany Jeez. So he would, ch- ch- he would ch- change the labels to say uh, processed in New Brunswick, not in Quebec.
1: Right. Okay.
0: So now it looked legal. Uh, this went on for quite a while. And they got bolder and no one even suspected anything. Oh my but God. they also knew they had a time limit as the Federation did a yearly audit of the supply.
1: Hmm.
0: And yet they still got sloppy.
1: Ugh.
0: Um. A lot of times they wouldn't even refill the barrels. They would just leave empty ones and slap a recreated Federation stick around the barrel. Oh boy. Uh, They also left barrels covered with their fingerprints, left sticky boot prints everywhere, and even scraped up the barrels, which shouldn't happen. Because see, the Federation had a special paint that they used on their barrels.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And they also had a special forklift so as not to damage the barrels. Mm-hmm. But as I said, they got lazy and just used a regular old forklift.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, then there was one incident. Uh, I'm not really sure when, but at some point, a warehouse employee, Pascal Partey. (laughs) Partey. Partey (laughs) noticed one day that there was water on the barrel and rust. Now, water rust metal, but maple syrup does not. Mm -hmm. So he went to the manager and the manager offered him a thousand bucks hush money. And he would give him even more if he joined the cause.
1: The cause, oh, the, the freedom the cause. fighters. That's
0: right. <laughs> <laughs> the oh Maple Sarah Freedom Fighters. Yeah. So during the day, Pascal worked for the Federation. And at night he worked for
1: the cause. <laughs> <laughs> Lord. Okay. That really was a parte.
0: It was. However, <laughs> July of 2012, ten days before the yearly inspection, text messages between the thieves began. Now, these were made from phones that were not were registered to fake names, of course.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Funny enough, the registered names were all Star Wars characters. <laughs> you, you know what? You didn't need to know that, but it's something you won't forget. Exactly. Uh, <laughs> so there were texts, and they said things such as, come back. We have a problem. It's urgent. Big problem. Guy from Federation saw a truck. Uh, the middle row, we weren't able to put them back exactly the same place. Uh, we have to make the rust circles disappear. And then four days before the inspection, they sent this. The Fed is going to come to do its annual inventory. We don't know yet if they're going to climb up or simply look to see if all is okay. For sure, we will play with the lights so they will be low.
1: Good idea.
0: (laughs) They were brilliant. I know, I know. So July 30th came. It was the day of the inspection. An inspector for the Federation was climbing the barrels, which was normal because they were so heavy, 600 pounds each, the stacks were climbable
1: oh dear
0: yeah well he reached up and he grabbed onto a barrel and almost fell to his death because the barrel was empty and Uh, he just ended up pulling it down oh no yeah well this raised eyebrows but they thought oh it could simply be an error an inventory glitch so he continued you know just a mistake
1: just typical canadian no you know it's all good (laughs) benefit of the doubt
0: (laughs) okay well they discovered more barrels so the police were called It took them three months going barrel to barrel to discover 9,571 barrels of maple syrup had been stolen with a value worth repeating of over $18 million. This was 12.5% of the reserve that had gone missing.
1: Oh my God. That was was a huge heist. That was not funny. No. Oh my God. Police had over 250
0: investigators on this case. The oh largest God. in Quebec history. They questioned over 300 witnesses and searched 40 homes over several months. Oh my God. 26 people were all in all were arrested on top of what they found in the warehouse. They found other evidence such as fingerprints, pumps mm-hmm. and barrels in the other warehouse and even handprinted labels with Richard Valliera's name on it.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, and remember the scraped barrels? Yeah. Well, investigators managed to forensically trace the type of forklift that scraped the barrel and found the rental place that rents them. And this was a downfall because they used their real names on the rental form.
1: Oh, they didn't use their Star Wars names? They did not, shockingly enough. There's always that one little detail that, like, ruins the entire plot for everyone.
0: To be fair, there's a few more details. They raided different warehouses, um, et cetera, in New Brunswick and Ontario. And the investigation even led them to Vermont and New Hampshire as well.
1: Of course, because Uh, there had to be an American involved somewhere.
0: (laughs) Exactly. Listen, we were innocent. We didn't know it was stolen maple syrup. (laughs) Uh, The police managed to seize two forklifts, trucks used for transporting the stolen syrup, uh, and like four large kettles used to boil down the sap water. And to be honest, not a lot of syrup was ever recovered because it's a consumable
1: item. <laughs> yeah, that makes sense. It was being consumed in Japan, Germany, and where else did you say? The U.S. Yeah, the U.S. <laughs> oh Lord. Okay. Oh.
0: oh. yeah. They also found piles and piles of cash in the homes of the accused that was just stored in shoeboxes.
1: <laughs> oh, and the, and the front doors were unlocked. I'm sure. <laughs> I'm sure. Oh, Canadians are the Canadians are terrible at heists. It's, just, it's
0: <laughs> they were not doing our so nature. Good.
1: They were just doing so
0: good. I know. I
1: know. We just don't have it. <laughs> I'm sorry.
0: <laughs> anyway, so in 2016, the courts finally decided Richard Valieres was the ringleader and he was sentenced to eight years in prison hmm. and he must pa- pay back 9.4 million Canadian dollars. And that needs to be paid within 10 years or he gets six more years of jail time.
1: Oh, boy. Well, we all know he's going to find that money through legal means, so that's peace of oh, mind.
0: I know it's good to know, but I am, to be honest, I'm a little confused over this because, according to Canadian law, hmm. stolen property which cannot be returned to its owner, the value must be fined to the accused. So, in theory, I would think he should need paid back 18 million.
1: Right. Yeah. Who knows. Because he didn't
0: act alone. Maybe you know.
1: I guess, or it might just be a Canadian thing. Okay, it's 18, but all right, 10, fine, <laughs> good enough.
0: Well, <laughs> I'm thinking that really, because he was the ringleader, but there were many people involved, so maybe he shouldn't be held for it.
1: Yeah, I don't know. So
0: anyway, when Richard was up for day parole, which I forgot to find out what that meant, but I'm assuming maybe they can get out for the day and have to go back at night. I, don't
1: know. I would, I would I, imagine, yeah. You know, it, leave it to the Canadians and say, yeah, go for the day, just come back later. Yes, yeah, seriously. Whenever <laughs> you're ready, you just wait. You, we will be here waiting to open We're, the gates.
0: We yes. got a warm bed waiting for you. That's right. <laughs> uh-huh. anyway, he told the parole board that he did it for the lore of big profits, sure, but he was also settling a grudge he had against the Maple Mafia because in 2007, Valierez was fined a million dollars for selling maple syrup illegally, and he said. I wanted revenge against the Federation because they pursued me and my house was seized.
1: Hmm. Okay. So,
0: among the others, Richard's father Raymond was also convicted of possession and sentenced to two years and three years probation. I think he had the sugar shack. I think that's why that little sugar shack they drove all their maple syrup to.
1: You know that every Um, time you say sugar shack, all I can think of is Love Shack by the. I knew you were going to say. I knew you are going to say that. And if I could
0: sing, I would. But I can't. So let's
1: not do that. (laughs) Yeah.
0: Besides point, there's probably something legally he says we can't. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> probably. Thank God for our listeners. I know. <laughs> so, Etienne St. Pierre, remember the reseller in New Brunswick? Uh-huh. He also received two years in jail, three years probation plus $850,000 fine. Mm. Uh, the, there was a truck driver, Sebastian Joudras. He served eight months. And AVEC Caron, the one who started the whole thing. Well, he got five years in prison and fined 1.2 million Canadian dollars. Hmm. Now, there is one place the police didn't seem to look into, which many believe could very well be involved or actually the ones who began this hmm. the Maple Mafia themselves.
1: That's a plot twist. Yeah. Mm
0: hmm. Yeah. Many believe that the Federation was looking to purge some of its supply and collect a very nice insurance payout, oh. which I believe I heard they ha- actually have not received yet. Um, some no. say neglect, while others say setup. Realistically, even if you can't imagine someone would steal the syrup, you have $30 million worth of syrup in one place and you don't have security or alarms or cameras. Yeah. Mm. This mm. heist began literally three months after they rented the space. Hmm. And although they said they couldn't imagine robbery yet, this wasn't the first maple syrup theft in Quebec, which I tried to find information on these and I totally couldn't. God. But what I read was shortly after they signed the lease on the warehouse, a truck with a hundred thousand dollars worth of maple syrup and it was stolen. And five years earlier, the same supplier was robbed of $1.3 million worth of syrup. And that case is still open. And one of the suspects in this case is another, none other than our friend Richard Valieras.
1: Mm busy guy i
0: know, all know right.
1: Creel, he's, yeah yeah you know how you always say that we don't do true crime I right, shut <laughs> up
0: <laughs> listen it's all about maple syrup it's been about pancakes this is almost like barely about the crime
1: barely but,
0: <laughs> but you have to admit i was kind of surprised you didn't come up with it yourself
1: Seriously, well, no, I need to come up with stuff that has stuff that yeah. has very deep that's, meaning. Okay, that's
0: why I'm here. I'm shallow, <laughs>
1: <laughs> and I'm deep. <laughs> yes. Okay. I have
0: no. to, you know, this was fun. I mean, come on, maple syrup. Who would ever think? Anyway, oh
1: my God, this is amazing. Yes.
0: Let me give you a couple quick fun facts mm-hmm. because I like to do that. A uh-huh. barrel of maple syrup goes for around thirteen hundred dollars, whereas a barrel of crude oil is around eight ninety seven.
1: That blows my mind. (laughs) Um,
0: I kept calling the Federation or the Maple Mafia the cartel. Well, by definition, they are technically a cartel, as a cartel is an association of manufacturers or suppliers with the purpose of maintaining prices at a high level and restricting competition. Again, sounds like mafia to me, but who might?
1: To be honest, though, that is interesting because I never thought about the definition of cartel, and cartel always has a negative connotation for me. So, but you're saying that the definition isn't really, like it's a real word used for yes. these associations, huh?
0: But to okay. be fair, it says, at maintaining prices at a high level and restricting competition. Again, not sounding right. so positive.
1: No, not for the payers, <laughs> the, the not for our pocketbooks,
0: no. Exactly. Yeah. And so, you to learn more about this fun heist, you can check out Netflix. There's an episode... Ooh in the show dirty money 2021 there was a documentary made but i didn't see it and when i looked for it um not sure we can but it's called the great canadian maple syrup heist not very original (laughs) um but it was in 2021 and it was made in canada so maybe it just hasn't come down yet and right now (laughs) this is fun amazon prime is filming a series in montreal this fall called the sticky (laughs) And I believe it will have Jamie Lee Curtis in it. And it is about the heist. No way. That's the end of what was supposed to be only about the heist, but it snowballed out of control. So.
1: Oh, but it was, well, thank you. That was, I love the snowballing. That (laughs) reminded me of the, The snow with the ammonia or whatever you you mentioned.
0: I I know, the yellow snow. Maybe they didn't know not to eat yellow snow. So like, oh, what's this fun stuff?
1: Oh, wait a second. We're not supposed to eat the yellow stuff? Uh, Frank Zappa told us. (laughs) All right. Well, that was amazing. I love how you started off in One Direction and then got positively influenced by a very random (laughs) text message from me and as you said everything went full circle surf oh god (laughs) full circle Yeah, roll we call it surfle in canada just in case anybody's wondering oh (laughs) oh chris thank you i love that well i hope it was light enough for you Yes, it was absolutely perfect. It was a perfect antidote to last week's, but no, no, we're just kidding. But, um, well we would love to hear any feedback you guys have on the podcast any ideas you might have what we're doing right what we're doing wrong what would you like to hear less of more of so if you want to get in touch with us you can get in touch with us at today we laughed at gmail.com we would love to hear from you and you can also check us out on instagram at today we laughed and learned and facebook at today we laughed and learned we would love you to Follow our social media, like, comment. Uh, when you get onto the actual platforms, we are on Spotify, Stitcher, Google Play. Correct me if I'm wrong, Chris. Apple, Podcasts, somewhere else, aren't we? Anchor.
0: Did you say Amazon Music?
1: I didn't. Thank you. So Amazon Music, we are on all of those platforms. We're not sure which uh, platform is the one you prefer, but we would love it if you when you do uh, log on to give us a like or a thumbs up or whatever they have rating a five star rating would be fantastic. Uh, Even a four star rating at this point. (laughs) Let's
0: just do five as like a charity. (laughs)
1: <laughs> yes we please people please give us it's no skin off your nose to give us a five star rating no no and subscribe we, anyway we want to be in touch with you so thank you so much for that and thank you chris that was a fantastic th- those were fantastic topics <laughs> and i'm pretty sure that today we can say that we laughed and learned
0: uh today we did laugh and we learned all about pancakes maple syrup and a heist <laughs>
1: Well, we are wa- what?
0: Deb, Sorry. have a great night.
1: Have a great night, Chris. Talk soon.
0: Oh, and wait before we go. If Bye. anyone needs a uh, a wartime fishball recipe, damn it. <laughs> <them. laughs>